You know what time it is. The sound of the Sasquatch Slim means it's time for Scaring is Sharing. Yes, Scaring is Sharing is a podcast where we share spooky news and our frightful views with each other and you on all things horror. Hello. It's getting better and better. I love it. The more <laughs> I hear it, the more I love it. Hello. I'm so glad to be sitting here with you, Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk. And of course... As always, my ever-present companion in this thing, the effervescent <laughs> flame and scream queen, Brandy Joe Planberg himself. I think you used that word multiple times for me, but I'll take it. Effervescent? There are, there Have I worse... used it before? I, I, I don't, don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I think it's good. I like it. I think it describes you. I'll take it. Yeah. I, well, there are worse things to be called. Yeah, definitely worse things to be called. <laughs> but yes, if you are tuning in for the very first time... I must first say hello and welcome. <laughs> but uh, Jeremy and I just talk about like scary horror shit for a while. And then we review a movie or two. In this case, it's one. Yep. So... Today it's one. Sorry. You've been cheated. <laughs> Not cheated. No, you get, you, you always get good content from us. It's a singular spooky or a teeny terror. Is that what we were calling them before? I don't know. It's, it's gone back and forth. I don't uh, know. Tiny terrors is what no, we used to call them. I like them, it teeny. Teeny terror. <laughs> I like it too. It's good. Uh, I feel like that could use another sound effect right about there. It could. Nick the street, like, get on it. Uh, Nick the knife. Uh, <laughs> you have a little voice like teeny terror. Jeremy, have yeah. you been watching Shudder's 101 horror moments? I didn't realize it was on until I saw Jeremy. like a blurb for it today that a new episode was out so i gotta check it out it has been fun but you want to know what i think they've shown like 20 movies a little less maybe mm -hmm. 25 or so i think that i know this la this latest one from yesterday was 13 and i don't know if it's like 13 every episode until it's however many yeah um but there have been one two three four five six films that i haven't seen which Whoa. is kind of a lot. That's like a third. Yeah, that's a that's a nice big number. I know. I haven't seen Horror of Dracula, or as I once called it, House of Dracula. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I haven't seen Black Sabbath. Mm. I haven't seen the original Pulse. Mm. I haven't seen the original Wolfman. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen Zombie 2. Okay. And I haven't seen the OG Phantom of the Opera. I've seen all of them. <laughs> I imagine I, I, you have. I should add all of those to the list. You've seen the OG Pulse? A long time ago. Okay. I have like I have like memories of it. Um, but it's one of those I, I can't remember the circumstances. I felt like I watched it like half distracted though, but like I remember bits and pieces of it. So it would be good to revisit it. Yeah, I definitely want to see it. I've seen scenes from it. In particular, I know, I think when Teacher Drew was on, at least I watched this, and I don't remember if I talked about it, but there's like an anatomy of a scene video mm -hmm. on YouTube that talks about this one particular scene that is so fucking creepy and mm -hmm. so well done. 
So I really want to watch it, especially because the, the Kristen Bell one was so fucking horrible. Yeah. And I'm like, surely the original one, especially with some distance from like what it's all about. Yeah. I think would hit a little harder. I have it like, I, I watched it on like cable a million Weird. years ago. The original. Yeah. Back in the day. Remember when like, it was like Bravo or somebody like that. Remember back when they used uh-huh. to be like a prestige, like, we show like fancy movies and stuff like that. Like I feel <laughs> like it was hilarious. One of, I think it was one of those like playing it as like a late night movie. Uh, and yeah. And now it's just Real Housewives all yep. day, every day, and a lot of Andy Cohen. Yep, it probably shocks uh, you know many many listeners if you can think back. Go back in the databanks, and it's like, yeah, Bravo used to be like this prestigious, like we play art films and stuff, and now it's what it is. So, yep, it yep. is what it is. Nary a, a horror thing on there. Yeah, like, not anymore. Yeah. Nope, nope. So, Jeremy, we have some teragrams this week. We, First yeah, of all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before the teragrams, I want to say Ian from It's Only a Podcast uh, wrote and commented on one of our posts, our posts about our last episode, and said, The Who Goes There novella sucks, by the way, because mm-hmm. we were talking about that. So, thank you. He also commented that he's absolutely living for the JoJo Siwa story making the show. So, you're welcome, Ian. <laughs> I appreciate a that he even knows who Jojo Siwa is, um, but Ian and Christian are really woke. So if you're not listening to them, please, please go listen because they rock. But also, I, yes. Oh, I still want to read the full length novel version though. Okay. Of, well, of how fun! Fro- Frozen Hell, as it's called. <laughs> I've heard it's actually. Uh, I've heard that out there. It's much better than the short story. So. We also got some very nice little messages and such just in response to your very um, open, raw beginning to our last episode. And yeah, I don't, like, I, those were more personal, but I just want to say thank you. Yeah, um, definitely. Because they were very sweet. It, it was, yeah, it, it uh, thanks everybody. An outpouring of love. Of love, yeah. It felt good, um, but, you know, I'm not doing it for the attention or anything. Right. It was no, just no, a no. vulnerable moment. But yeah, to share happens. with all of you and you you guys were doing it for you guys because we're we're building something here <laughs> together. We are building something. Indeed. We're, we're building our own little horror community. And I, I just absolutely love it. Also, one last little message. Russell, who is a, a good friend of mine, said he just watched um, Watcher. He had mixed vibes, but mixed he was vibes. curious on our take. So I hope, Russell, I hope you've listened to it by now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and write us and tell us more about your feelings, okay? Um, yeah. So, Jeremy, kick us off. Read us a teragram. Yeah, yeah. So our first teragram... Uh, the subject line is, I got a little German there for a second. Subject line is Halloween Ookie Spookies. Uh, and it goes, hello, Frankenfiends. Ooh, I like that. I do too. Just wanted to check in and say hello. Now that we got past the formalities, let's dig in. On the last episode, Shudder was brought up a few times, as well as their soon-to-be-released Top 100 Scariest Movie Moments, which is happening right now. Uh, So I got to jump on that. Uh, I had no idea this was happening, and I'm super excited for it. 
I loved the Bravo special. Bravo again. There it is. See, Bravo used to play cool (laughs) shit. They did. I loved the Bravo special back when it aired and wondered how many of those moments will make the chop on this new list. If I remember correctly, the opening of Jaws took the number one spot. And I think that was the case, if I remember too. Uh, Do you think it'll reign supreme or will something newer take its spot? Uh, The new Shudder series that's captured my interest is Queer for Fear. As you may know, I'm a huge Drag Race fan, and based on the posters, many of my favorite queens will be featured in this miniseries. I also really love how Shudder is embracing queer horror, especially in a genre that can be pretty torn by the issue. Lastly, if you were a Power Ranger, what color would you be? I know it's not necessarily horror related, but like, why not? (laughs) Well, there's that for now. I'm sure you'll hear from me again sooner rather than later. Hope all is well. Ethan. Thank you, Ethan. Oh. P.S. Jeremy, how's the werewolf script going? Okay, for real, Ethan. How is it going, Jeremy? Uh, It's kind (laughs) of at a slow pace right now. I had like a, I had like a burst of, uh, uh, creativity and wrote quite a bit in a short period and then it's kind of slowed down but I, I i feel like my problem i've learned how my uh creative process works and i have to like force myself into the regiment because that's mm-hmm. what's happened is i've gotten lazy where i'm like all right tomorrow all right tomorrow and then it's many tomorrows later so i need to uh just buckle down and start it up again but it's still out there i'm still working on it well keep trucking away as they say. I don't know what that means. Is that yeah. in regards to trucks? Like, literally? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it has to do with shipping and supply lines, I suppose. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. Who knows? Yeah, I don't I'll know. It. But hopefully at some point I'll report that I have finished writing it, and then I'll be like, hey, does anybody out there know what to do with a script once you've written it? Write in and tell me. I think... We, well, Please keep writing it. I believe that the number one spot will be Psycho. I think that's the number one moment of horror from all time. I think I think Jaws is still a strong contender. Um, sure, absolutely. Psycho as well. Uh, I would, for me, I'd like to see Texas Chainsaw Massacre way up there. I think the reveal of Leatherface uh, is one of the greatest, you know, uh, moments of all time in a horror movie. Or um, yeah, or the end. Yeah, or the ending. Yep. Or the what dinner else? scene. There's Halloween. Multiples. Halloween will probably be up there. So I got to say, I won't say where it ranks, but it follows is in the two mm. episodes that have ranked so that they've ranked so far. And um, I got to say, the, the, the moment they picked is not the moment I would have picked. Just FYI. Oh, okay. Well, I'll have to so, watch and see. And it's interesting. They don't like the Bravo one really was sort of like that people talking about it and then just sort of zoning in on one moment. Yeah. This really is more talking about the movie overall and then as a sort whole. of, yeah, sort of as a whole and then kind of focusing in on like one moment. Okay. So it's more broad than as specific, but there are moments of course that are talked about, but I can see that. Yeah, but for the most, when I get to one, just like I did with Bravo back in the day, although it's a little easier now with how our smart TVs are, when mm-hmm. I get to one that I've not seen, I just sort of zoop, 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 past it. Yep. Okay. There you go. Yeah. And what, I don't, what, I don't like to be ruined. What color Power Ranger would you be? The most oh, important question out um, of that whole thing. I think Amy Jo Johnson was pink, so yep. I, I would be pink. The Pink Ranger. Yeah. Which? What about you? I'm gonna guess green. 
You're right. Am I? You are right. Uh, I don't know what that means or who that was, but you just seem like a green Power Ranger. Yeah, green is uh, my favorite color. Uh, oh, so okay. but yeah, the Green Ranger was pretty bad at like I'm talking. I know there's been a million iterations, uh, Ethan. I'm only familiar with the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, uh, the first one. So yeah, the Green Ranger, he was pretty badass. He had the Dragon Zord, which was essentially oh. just if Godzilla was a robot. So that's his. That was his uh, his Zord he rode around in. Now, haven't there been like multiple? Power Ranger, like, murders, like, related murders. Like, one of them Has killed... There? I know one of them... Oh, yeah, you're like, right. Like, killed someone. I feel I feel like with a sword or something. There was, like... Yeah, some crazy story. Yeah. But then I feel like there was, like, a second... Was like, there? I, I thought so. But, you know oh. what? If you're out there listening... I, I feel like... Um, Ethan uh, would probably know. He's my a favorite Rangers murder. Fan. Talked about it at one point, but it okay. may have just been the one. I know there's been the one murder. I can almost like see the guy in my my mind's eye. But yeah, I I thought there was a second weird story. Hmm. But well, yeah, Ethan, let us know. Ethan, yeah, I'm sure you're well versed in Power Rangers related true crime. So uh, write in and tell us if there's. Uh, other screwy stories. If I think of Power Rangers, I automatically my mind goes to Psycho Goreman. Yeah, for whatever reason, because it I, had well, that vibe. Even though I never watched Power Rangers, I mean Psycho Goreman was totally vibing on that sort of you know content from back then of the sure. uh, rubber suited monster show stuff. So yeah, and I'm right there with Ethan. I'm so excited about that series on Shutter, and I agree. I I think Shutter has done such a good an amazing job constantly of, of embracing all walks of life and mm-hmm. what they curate. I think it is so impressive. It doesn't feel like anyone's left out. I feel like if there is a vibe that they haven't found that they, they'll like find it and they'll get on it. And I, I just, I, it's so impressive. I'm not going to say like every horror movie you want to watch is on shutter, but there's a lot of stuff you have never even heard of. Yeah. At least I haven't that I'm like, Oh, that's weird. I may not choose to watch it, but if I'm, ever just like i want to watch something that i have no idea what it is or from a different country or anime or what the fuck ever it's Mm -hmm. on there and i i love that i will gladly continue to subscribe because of their original content and their curation is just top notch yeah i feel like they're doing a really good job of and and it's sort of what i've just come to love about the modern horror fandom uh, that I've seen at large, which is like, it feels like a big old family. Like it doesn't matter who you are. Uh, there's a place for you. And yeah. that's just, that's just awesome. Like that's it, the way certain fandoms go, you know, sometimes it gets a little hairier, but this like uh, the Disney fandom, like with little mermaid this week and some people losing their shit over a black Ariel, yes, exactly. Which is so crazy. Cause I, that's the, I do appreciate that about, and you're right. And I don't think it's always been like that, but somehow no. in the lately? last like 15, 15 years, probably more like 10 years. I just yep. feel that the horror community has really just sort of opened its big wide arms and said, here I am because you want to know why I think because everyone knows what it's like to be scared. And mm-hmm. because horror can tap into things in our life that, it taps into those fears that we all have. And so many of those fears come from these different communities that aren't the, the main mm-hmm. 
communities that like you know run the world necessarily so sure yeah i feel that feels like you're onto something there i think that's I, part yeah. of it and so i'm really happy to be a part of this community i gotta say and i think there's something too to you know horror has historically been i feel like a a genre, a place, a fandom for the outcasts, if you will, or the people yes. who feel like they're outcasts or alienated. So, uh, you know, come on in. <laughs> the door is open. <laughs> the door is open. Step into my parlor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Ethan Fiend of the podcast. We have another telegram from Teacher Drew, and he writes, Hey guys, I always enjoy your podcast. I can tell you take pride in it. I recently listened to another pod and the host literally said the main movie he was reviewing was one he hadn't seen in months. All I could think was, wow. I am seeing Barbarian later today and can't wait to hear what you both think of it. On Shudder, I watched the first episode of the 101 Scariest Movie Moments of All Time. I am hooked. One of my friends challenged me to revisit some classics, namely The Relic from 1997, Mimic from 1997, Lake Placid from 1997, and Wild Things from 1998. Way to ruin a a role, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Any of these evoke fond memories for you? Till next time, stay healthy, stay happy, stay you. Much love, Teacher Drew in Phoenix. Thank you, Teacher Drew. And yeah, I can't imagine reviewing a movie I hadn't seen a month. Like I, yeah, we always watch them. Like if it feel if we don't watch them, like if we watch them over like three or four days before we record, it feels like so long ago. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> yeah, and sometimes I'm like, oh man, I should have watched it like right before we were recording to remember it. Um, yeah, and even a movie that I've seen like a hundred times, I still rewatch it yeah. to refresh for yeah. yeah the episode. So yeah, even watch her, I just watch it and then I watch it right again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I think I did that with uh, the Texas Chainsaw, the newest one. Oh, okay. I, did, I did that literal thing. I remember I watched it and then I was like, I'm gonna watch it again before we record. <laughs> so. And Barbarian, I wanted to go see it this past weekend. I want to see it so badly. I've just yeah. heard such great things. Yeah, me and I too. feel like it's like a has like almost a four on Letterbox, which is a pretty big accomplishment. I also just learned that it was um, it's directed by one of the dudes from uh, the Whitest Kids You Know, which I did not uh, know, who are a uh, uh, you know comedy troupe. They're not white kids, I know. Yeah, I guess not, but. If you knew them, you'd be like, those are the whitest kids. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't realize it because I used to watch that all the time in college. They had a show on, uh, uh, ugh, what was it? Like IFC or something like that oh, back okay. in the day. Okay. I used to watch it all the time in college. So uh, it, big jump. For some reason, there seems to be this weird crossover of the comedy world and the horror world as of late too. Like, And not horror comedy, I mean comedic people yes. jumping full blown into like hardcore horror. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Thank you, Jordan Peele. Yeah. And in regards to those other films, I've never seen the relic. I've never seen mimic. I have seen Lake Placid recently, like within the last year or so. And I thought it was fine. It's not mm-hmm. great. And um, wild things. I think I used to jerk off to it when I was in high school. <laughs> Isn't that everybody's story with wild things? I guess it would have been college because it was, yeah, yeah, but I wasn't looking at the girls, but yeah, but I mean, either way, you know, it works works for everybody. That's an equal opportunity movie. Yeah. It's Denise Richards and yeah. Nev Campbell. Yep. I think so. Kevin Bacon. Yes. Yes. Maybe. Is that the one? Look it up. Let me talk about these other movies though. The relic. I remember being fun as a kid. 
uh, and it, it's funny that uh, Teacher Drew matches the relic because I just listened to it's actually the uh, the podcast that Quentin Tarantino is doing uh, with his uh, writing partner Roger Avery, and they uh, are um, reviewing old uh, from the video store they worked in. They're literally watching like all the videotapes from that collection, uh, and, and the relic was one of them recently. Uh, and listening to them talk about it, I was like, oh yeah, I got to rewatch that. Cause I remember it being like, it was definitely a B movie, but it was made with like a big budget. So it like looks good. It's got good actors in it, but it is just a B monster movie. So, yeah, um, I want to revisit that Lake Placid. I remember being fun as a kid. I remember my parents loved it because, uh, cause of seeing Betty White you know, mm-hmm. break mouthed. Oh, yep, she's the she, old woman who, yep. She tucks, broke her, uh, some shit. Yeah, her uh, her typecasting for years before that. So yeah, yep. Yeah, and wild things. I just remember being steamy and being like, yeah. "We're getting away with something." Watching this on HBO or whatever. And what was the fourth one? He said, "Mimic, mimic, mimic." Uh, is Guillermo del Toro? Uh, that was he didn't his directed f- though. Did he? He did. He did. He did. Yeah, that was his first uh, American made movie made in america that is so crazy i had no idea i know he has like a troubled relationship to it um because it, the the studio interfered so much in his vision of course so it's not his movie in his mind that came out he had a different cut very different movie but um, okay. it's okay i remember it being creepy that's that's what I remember. I haven't seen it in a very long time, but I remember it creeping me out when I saw it. I get it mixed up with Species in my head, which I've also not seen. That one my, is much sillier. Yeah, yeah. Spe- species is like alien, but they're like, let's make the alien sexy. Like that's, <laughs> I guess. What... Wait, have you seen Ex Machina? No. I haven't either. We got to put that on our list because Let's put that I on the list. have been told it is so fucking good. Yeah, I've heard good things about it. And I think it's adjacent enough to our. Oh, yeah. Our, yeah. 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 It's that guy who directed The Invisible Man, right? Lee something. Yeah, that sounds right. Lee Winnell. I don't know. That's what I want to say. That's but. that's the ticket. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's totally up in there. So we got to watch that. One of these. But yeah. Teacher days. Drew. Uh, there you go. Yeah, so thank you for writing. And you, listener, and those who've already written, anyone who wants to write, scaring is sharing at gmail.com. Drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. And we will read your beautifully <laughs> created prose. <laughs> In the most beautiful dulcet tones. I don't know what dulcet that means. tones. <laughs> is that like bad? Does I don't know. Bad? <laughs> live on air. No, not live, but you get it. Uh, the one little bit of horror news that I I want to be excited about, but I can't quite be, is that Ryan Murphy is doing bringing The Watcher to TV, which do you know about this case, The Watcher? Mm-mm. So there's a, this is a true story. There's this family that moves into this house. They buy this <gasps> house and there's like shit <gasps> in the walls. I do know this story. Oh my god, it is the creepiest fucking story ever. And, and, and they keep and he keeps leaving notes, right? Yeah, they keep getting like notes saying like we're gonna drink the blood of your children and things like yeah. that. Like it is so fucking creepy. There's another movie I think called The Watcher 
based on it it is so bad i can't even remember who's in it it's uh, it's really 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 bad yeah that but case the, creeped yeah. me out oh i listened God. to a podcast i remember like a few Ooh. years ago and it scared the crap out of me fun yeah so eerie but the tv show and of course it's ryan murphy's i'm like ugh. but i i think i will watch this one mia farrow's in it bobby count Carnival. Carnival. Yeah, Bobby Cannaval, Naomi Watts, Margot Martindale. Ooh. I mean, it's, and Jennifer Coolidge. I cannot forget Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, that's a good, that's a stacked cast. Yeah, and the fu- and here's the thing. I always admire Ryan Murphy for his tenacity, and it's really not even so much him as probably like the people involved in the production. But like they created like a Zillow listing for the house, which I think is so so clever. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a video of Jennifer Coolidge like giving a tour of the property, like as cool. like a real estate agent. And I just that is some clever marketing, and I yeah, that's, I, I really appreciate that. That's awesome. Yeah, speaking of Ryan Murphy, I also just saw the uh, I don't know if there was a trailer, but I saw images got released of his uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. A yeah, story I think there was a teaser today, but I didn't with, watch it. Uh, Evan Peters as Dahmer, and that that I, I, I'm interested, but again, I'm like Ryan Murphy. Though you've you've broken my heart many times over, yeah. so uh, am I ready to get hurt again? We'll find. But out. I think I want to watch that too because that is the case that I remember buying the Jeffrey Dahmer like book, like you know. Uh, mm-hmm whatever true crime book when i was a kid at the cody newsstand and i remember like feeling so dirty buying it i'm like oh are they gonna think i'm a serial killer for wanting to read it was that the book the man who could not kill enough i don't know i don't remember the the name i just remember being and probably i mean this is gonna sound so weird but probably because partially like there was this gay storyline to it Mm -hmm. and like i was just a kid like i you know i deep inside i probably somehow knew i was gay but like i really didn't and it's weird that like this serial killer <laughs> book yeah. was like helping me like work through that a little bit but it was it was the 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 first serial killer case that i remember and the big murder thing that just like sort of like took my mind because like i was like oh my god what is this all about it, it's it's funny you say that too because for my uh you know birthday not that long ago my brother got me a copy of probably that book because there's a, a new print it's the original like it was originally published under the title the man who could not kill enough the jeffrey dahmer story and it was by the journalist she broke the story when he was arrested oh, wow. okay. so she wrote a book but it's been republished now it's like titled monster the true story of jeffrey dahmer or something like that it's the same book just republished okay. but my brother got me that for my birthday because these are the kinds of things that i want to read about <laughs> so yeah, I will check it out. Did you ever watch or read the um, graphic novel of my friend Dahmer? I, I've flipped. I've seen bits and pieces of it. I've always meant to like. I want to pick it up and actually read it. I know it's like venerated as a you know one of the great pieces of the art form of comic books or graphic novel. So yeah, the author did a little presentation at our theater a few years ago. Oh he wow! Came in and like. Had like um Berg, like sort of Bergdorf or whatever his last yeah, name was. Yeah. yeah, I did not like him. I must say he was oh. kind of a kind of a jerk. Uh-oh. Um, and back to those celebrity asshole. But like he yeah. really was kind of a jerk. Um, but it was still kind of fascinating. And I watched the movie, and I I, I recently asked Joe, did we watch that movie? That's how memorable it was. And he's like, yes. Yeah, we did, because <laughs> it was. I don't remember much about it. I have the same reaction. Sarah and I watched it once. Oh, and yeah? I, I was okay. just like, this is like not great yeah, i don't know fine. i don't remember after it was done i was like yeah not the angle i would have done with this story but <laughs> yeah yeah 
So what did you watch this week, Jeremy? Um, I think the only thing of major... Oh, also, by the way, dulcet. The definition is sweet and soothing. Oh, thank you. Then that is what I was going for. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Our dulcet I tones. say words that I don't know the meanings of, and sometimes incorrectly. And you, But you have to say them out. with confidence, and nobody will, <laughs> no, nobody that's will my question. <laughs> um, let me see. Yeah, uh, I would say the only the only thing of note was the other night. Um, I had one of those moments where I was like, "Man, I could go for some kind of like comfort movie, if you will." Okay. Uh, so I watched the original King Kong because I've seen that. You know, I often go back to like my childhood. What is what stuff I've seen a million times from way back in the day. So I I watched the original 1933 King Kong. Um, and were you been, comforted? Yeah, it felt good. It felt like okay, a good. felt like an old blanket, <laughs> a warm blanket. An old did you blanket. have a blanket as a child? I did. Like, a, like what's that? I I did. Did you have it for years and years and years? Yes, I did have it for years and years and years. It always sat out, even probably a little late in life. It was still on my bed. I know I had one Sitting too. There. I just remember it was green. I don't remember. It was like you know a homemade thing, and it just like kept getting smaller and smaller. Not because I got bigger and bigger, but like little. It just it like shredded. It mine shredded, was disintegrating. Yeah. Uh, mine was a, uh, it had a design with Winnie the Pooh characters on it. Oh. Uh, and I named it Pooby. Oh, that so is that was so my cute. blanket. It was Pooby. Love Which that. I took with me everywhere. Um, yep. But King Kong, much like Pooby, was very comforting to me as <laughs> I watched it the other night. Uh, it's been a few years since I watched it. So I was totally, I feel like every time. I revisit it. I'm always kind of shocked by the level of violence where I'm like, okay, I can believe how this movie was scary when it came out. Cause Kong just messes people up and he's eating dudes and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> like for a thirties movie, I'm always like, Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. They, they, that's pretty intense. Yeah. That sounds like it probably would have been. And I always remember uh, my, my, my grandma, telling me that was the scariest movie she had ever seen was seeing the original oh. King Kong. Her dad took her as a kid to see it at the movies. And my, yeah, she had nightmares about it. So oh boy. I was like, Oh, I can see why. <laughs> Is that all you watched? That's really it. Just, just a shout out to one of the OGs there. I watched this new found footage flick called he's watching, which is directed by Jacob Aaron Estes. If, Anyone remembers he directed a little movie back in 2004 called Mean Creek, which was sort of like River's Edge Jr. Mm. It had a very similar vibe, but with younger kids. And oh, yeah, it's about, just it's, look- about it's about a ke- creek and not a river. So, yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. It's slightly smaller. You dick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm just looking at Letterboxd. Christian from It's Only a Podcast has watched it. Uh, but I remember really liking that movie. I remember the lead little girl was so, so good. Uh, but this movie is not great. Um, Joe read an article in like the New York Times or somewhere, and he's like, Have you seen this movie? He's like, they're talking about like what a good found footage. I can't remember if he was like, this person said it's like one of the top horror movies of the year or whatever. And I was like, okay, I'll watch it. So I rented it off YouTube. And um there the the one good thing about it is it's like this family during the early days of COVID 
made this movie together, like this director and his family. So the two little kids, his two younger children are the leads and they're sort of like putting together this found footage. And it's like their parents are like, it's not necessarily COVID, but there's like a pandemic happening and their parents are away working at a hospital and they're, Mm -hmm. you know, like weird things start to happen. It sort of feels like paranormal activity mixed with the visit. Oh, okay. It's like those two things. But it's just, ugh, it was just exhausting. No good. Not a good way. Just sort of messy. And mm. I mean, I could sort of appreciate that this family probably it was like their project during COVID, and that's cute. But I didn't need to see it. Okay, you show it. Show it at your family. <laughs> keep, you know, keep, get together. Keep that as a home movie. Yep, yep. And then I finally watched because I, ha- I keep forgetting about it. I watched Fresh, the Hulu <laughs> original fresh no i don't know that i don't know don't do any reading up about it okay okay (laughs) don't even look at what it's about i wanted to see the poster though see if i've seen the image but okay okay i I can't give it to you this week because this coming up week because (laughs) i said i'm going to try to give you something that's bad um and this is very good at least i I found it very good so as i'm i'm planning to do to you (laughs) uh we're so so nice to each other but we've had too many good weeks okay yeah i know anyone tuning in is gonna think we love every movie because (laughs) we've just been given scares of approval left and right recently well for the most part we're giving each other movies and for the most part why would you give a movie you don't like yeah. You know, but yeah. our tastes, I feel, have morphed over like since we've gotten to know each other, which is, I think, yeah. you know, a sign of a good relationship, of a good friendship is not that you absorb and become the other person, but the other person that another person can sort of stretch your mind because we definitely have different tastes. Yeah. And I feel like you've definitely, I mean, I can only speak for myself, I guess. You've helped me expand my mind and like what I enjoy and like things that I sort of was like, no, I don't want to watch that. And you may me watch it and uh-huh. um and i yeah i feel i feel very happy about that and i agree 100 percent. this yeah. whole elevated horror thing that's going on i'd probably <laughs> be only like barely paying attention to it but you have helped me uh find the joy in these movies so. i love the eh or the eh. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> that's my my short term for elevated yep. horror that's the abbreviation <laughs> eh. you heard Any, it here first anything else you want to talk about uh, no, I think that's other than like I was just saying, though, uh, I, I'm taking it as a challenge to, you know, go dumpster diving out behind the video store and I'm going to see what uh, unholy relics I can find for you. And speaking of that, I know you mentioned um, Quentin Tarantino watching like VHSs or whatever. Yeah. Our friend Horror Boob has this cute little TV with a V. Have you seen some of his pictures? Yeah, yeah, I've seen some of oh his posts. Oh my God, it's, I mean, I love all of his posts. Follow him on Instagram, please. Yeah. Horror Boob. Oh my God, that is literally insane. He just sent me an I am, as I said his <gasps> name. <laughs> it's like Alex, Beetlejuice. He it said is. it too many times. <laughs> he felt, he felt it. Um, but follow him on, on Instagram, horror boob, all one word. And, um, but yeah, all of his images and his stories have like this very specific tone to them. Like he uses this really cool filter, but yeah, he watches, he gets all these movies on VHS and he watches yeah. them on his little TV VHS or VCR combo and it is the cutest thing ever i love that yeah i have a uh i have one of those out in the garage that i need to uh 
put back together because I got got some old Godzilla tapes and there's just nothing better than watching that on <laughs> on an old VHS. No, I see. I think it's cute, but no, no, no. can't do it. <laughs> Not for me. Nope, 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 nope. Nope. For me, it's like certain. There's it's very specific movies, like certain nostalgia though. So it's got to be like old monster movies or uh, uh, like really trashy stuff that that's how we saw it like the leprechauns and whatnot yeah 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 kind of stuff well let's dive into our movie shall we that's right we are we are fresh back from the theater you know what we saw because you read the title when you clicked on this this is exactly how we did it the last time and unless you just uh auto download like you're subscribed (laughs) and you just close your eyes and hit play (laughs) yep if you do that that's amazing uh so we are watching or we watched pearl from 2022 this year the second movie in this series in 2022 mm-hmm. which is amazing directed by Ty West and the tagline is the extraordinary the extraordinary origin story oh I, I forgot we can't edit this because it's coming out so soon yeah. but yes it's hard to say and you know what <laughs> the the description is longer and so I'm going to read this really short one from IMDb which is the story of how Pearl became the vicious killer seen in X. <laughs> that's a that's the most succinct description you could give it. How could Letterboxd go off the rails here? <laughs> so Jeremy, what were your thoughts? Um my initial thoughts were one it was wildly different than I would have anticipated for sure. Um, it was, I think I liked X more, um, but at my whole drive home, it's just been marinating and flip-flopping where I'm like, okay, I don't know how I felt like as I was watching it, but as I'm driving home thinking about it, I think I'm liking it more uh, as it settles in. So yeah, yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of digesting still. Yeah, the main takeaway I have, and I, didn't fully have this after X because I didn't realize that Mia Goth was both characters until like I got home and started looking at things. Mm -hmm. But after this, I'm like, holy fuck. Is she like a powerhouse? She is so fucking good. She's better in this, even though she's only playing one person. Yeah. Unless she she was playing all the other characters, just like that guy (laughs) in men. And I didn't realize that either. Yeah. (laughs) But she is, she has two (laughs) scenes in particular that are so fucking good yeah no i i totally believe now what i was catching blurbs of people uh saying like you know no spoilers but mia goth deserves an oscar like that was stuff people are saying like for they real are, I, and i can't even fathom that she will get nominated no just not at all tony collette's not going to get nominated for hereditary then mia yeah. goth will not get nominated not for this but she deserves it because oh, they're god there are some scenes that are just amazing. Yes. And I kept getting shades of Carrie in this. I felt very, yeah, I felt very I didn't much even like think about some that. Carrie vibes. Cause yeah. So it's this girl on a farm with her family. Life is not great. She kind of wants something different in the world. And will she get it? I mean, that's sort of an adjust kind of, you know, mm-hmm. what, what we get into here, but it is, yeah, it is. Um, I, I I've seen the words like, Wizard of Oz homage thrown yep. around a little bit. I was going to say, I loved all the Wizard of Oz riffing that was going on. That was awesome. And just, you're right. It felt so different than X, but he's just, Ty West is so brilliant when it comes to aesthetic and yeah. vibe. Like from House of the Devil, which 
House of the Devil X and Pearl are the three best ones of his, in my opinion. There's some that I'm like, meh, but like those three mm-hmm. are like all in regards to tone and execution are just so well fucking done. Yeah, masterful. Masterful. Cause this is like could not be more different. And what I also appreciate in this and in X is the amount of setup, the mm-hmm. amount of time we get to spend in a story. It's not like everything that happened for so long where it's like, you got to have a kill in the first five minutes. You got to have that first scare. He's not concerned with that. He's no, like, yeah, you've seen X and that's why you're here. And so we're going to just marinate in this story and just kind of live in this world for a while before anything horror related even happens. I was starting to think that. And that was initially what threw me too, was like, it takes a while to become a horror movie, essentially. Like there's little inklings of things not right in the beginning, but then it just, you live in the world for a minute. But also I would venture to say X does the same thing. There's really a moment where all of a sudden it it switches. Actually, now that you say that, correct. It doesn't go as far. Yeah, not as far, but you're you're right. X takes a moment too, but X, I feel like uh, the setup is there because mm-hmm. X is so similar to Texas Chainsaw Massacre or a classic like slasher film that like you know where it's going, so yes. you're not you're not as confused by uh, uh, the beginning where it's not quite a horror movie yet. Whereas with this movie it felt stranger because you had no idea where the turn was going to come. It, it, it didn't match a framework of any horror movie you could think of. Uh, Cause again, this was more like wizard of Oz. So you're like, uh, I don't know what the story beats are going to be. Where is the horror going to come in? So. Yeah. And I, lo- I don't think Mia goth also co-wrote X, right? It was just Pearl. No. She co-wrote. Okay. I was reading this because this script was based on long conversations that Ty West and Mia goth had on, uh, about the character. Love that. Yep. So the, the initially, like all of this is just based on the stuff they came up with. Like, here's your backstory. Here's your motivation. So. Because when we got home the last time and I was waiting for you to drive home so we could record, I was like reading about it and we didn't stay after to see the little teaser at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. And I read that there was going to be this prequel and I was like, ugh. Like I just, I loved the mystery of Pearl. I loved that we didn't know much about her. I didn't want to go back, especially when I'm like, oh God, we're going back into that time era that just does not speak to me. And I I, I stayed away from all trailers. I mean, occasionally there would be, you know, an ad or something that I'd see just a little bit of. And that's how I knew like, like the words, like the Wizard of Oz thrown in there. Yeah. And I could just sort of see the vibe a little bit from these things. But it couldn't have prepared me for how different in tone it was and style. Yeah, wildly different. Yeah, but God, so cool. Yes. Just that, and it even I, I love that it sort of starts exactly how the first one starts, like in the barn. You start mm-hmm. in the barn and then it opens up and it's just technicolor. It's everything that the first film wasn't in that regard. Yep. It is just shiny and bright. And I don't know that you would have to watch X to enjoy this, but you definitely get a lot more out of like, we're in the same setting, yes. here are the same scenes. And like, that is so, so cool. Yeah. Ty West has said by design, he wants all of them to be referential to each other, but stand alone as well. You can just watch any of them without having seen the others and you should, you get a complete movie. So. And I'll say right now, stick through the credits like we did. And I thought, well, we didn't need to do that, but we did. And you should. (laughs) Yep, you should. You should. Um, 
yeah and there uh there's something to the idea too uh where am i going with this he with x you know x was set in the 70s uh so it was supposed to uh, be referential to the horror cinema of that time so texas chainsaw and hills have eyes were references i know he's mentioned Mm -hmm. and this movie he did something similar where uh i was just thinking this set in 1918 so it should be like silent film was what was going on but he kind of it fudges the numbers a little bit and goes more for you know the wizard of oz and the big technicolor uh epics and musicals from then to uh set this up that's like where he's taking it very non-horror direction so that was just fascinating and the other really cool thing because i think you said that they made these movies like during the pandemic like i mean obviously yes. we're still in the pandemic but like in the midst of it like they went away to like new zealand and yep. probably had a very tight closed set so that they could you know do this but it deals with a previous pandemic in the world yeah and that was the spanish influenza yep yep the yeah. uh yeah, right at the tail end of world war one which was you know what we've just lived through that was the historical precedent everyone was pointing to uh for the last like severe you know global pandemic that would have been the the flu epidemic back then because i don't know about you but i know at least i can speak for myself and my husband joe like we're tired of watching things about the pandemic right when it comes like we've all lived through it like to watch media that it's different if it's sort of a reality thing but if it's like fiction and like oh god it's sort of exhausting like we've lived we're not far enough away from it yet okay Yeah, exactly i'm not ready to get that but but this was such a clever way to sort of deal with dealing with that like isolation and also mm-hmm. like what entertainment means to you when you have to, when you're in this environment where you shouldn't be around people where you should like where at least people in your family are like you need to isolate you can't you know put us at risk but yeah. like you're, you have you have this desire to like go out in the world and you want to watch movies and be a part of something bigger like what a challenge and i just loved that they were able to incorporate that in a different way yeah and especially since in the time period we're talking about all entertainment was communal it was the only way to take in entertainment was you had to go to the movie theater you had to go to a stage show like you had to group together to to yeah. witness that couldn't just turn on netflix or bravo yeah exactly you couldn't watch <laughs> bravo while you were quarantined you had to literally go somewhere with other people and the, you know and risk your life and it was also so cool because pearl doesn't say a whole heck of a lot in x no she, she says some things and she's more just of a presence she's a strong presence but a quiet presence too Mm -hmm. like and so it was just so fun to see mia goth between two movies play three drastically different roles like just Mm -hmm. like i just in awe absolutely yeah she better go down in the history books too as like this is a new uh awesome uh killer slasher whatever like uh iconic i think movie monster if you will like remember pearl (laughs) <laughs> and you have not seen the remake of Suspiria, right? Because she's in no, that as well. I have okay. not, and uh, it's on the list. Yes. Now that I know her, 
Um, now that I know she's in it and uh, that I'm familiar with her, I'll be excited to rewatch that because mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly who she plays in it. But the other, there's one other standout role in this. Who do you think I think it is? The who, who alligator. Do... No, but yes. <laughs> yeah. No. no, but that's not who I'm thinking of. The dad. Nope. <laughs> I think the the actress who played Misty, Emma Jenkins Pirro. Uh, Pier- okay. Pirro. Oh my god. A what a like beautiful beautiful person. She has those bright blue eyes, light kind of like gray blue. Oh my god, I thought she was gorgeous and I just thought she was so good. I really cuz when you first meet her, you're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you're that sort of southern belle. You're going to be this little bitch." Like that's what I thought in my head. I'm like, "You're going to be trouble. You're going to be an asshole." And then yep. she was just incredibly layered and i just i really like i really thought all the characters that's another great thing about ty west is there's so much written in and with you know mia goth here too co-writing there's just so much going on with all of them yeah they're all very developed characters and god god you love that you love that so much especially in movies when there's just when that's not there it's so ugh, so boring so boring and I was going to say uh, kudos to the actor who played the dad Yeah. to just, I, I feel like it seems like it's easy, but it can't be to be, I'm assuming he had some kind of stroke or something is what we're led to believe or some past illness, but he doesn't speak uh, and he can't move. And it's just, but to do that, <laughs> all your scenes carry that through. That's got to be a challenge. Yeah. A major props there for in the story, not being like, well, 20 years ago when this happened and mm-hmm. left your father this way, like they just don't touch on it. And I, I fucking love that in movies when I'm just left to my own mind to decide why something happened because they wouldn't talk about that. Yeah. They've been and living with it for so long. They wouldn't bring it up. Yeah. And it's not important to the plot at hand. Yeah. So it's like unnecessary information. So, and Oh yeah. my God, the projectionist was so fucking hot. That's literally his name. His credit is the projectionist. Is, yeah. David Corin sweat and mm. holy mother of hot. He is <laughs> so freaking beautiful. I just can't. I just can't. I just can't. He's so, so beautiful. Yeah, he. I, I did like his uh, John Waters mustache that he. Had oh my movie. god, that stash! I'm all about a stash right now. I've thought about it because I do have a stash. Mm-hmm. I didn't used to be able to grow one. The first time I grew a beard, it was just I looked Amish because it didn't oh. grow above my lip. <laughs> and I kind of want to just have a mustache, but I'm so worried that I won't like it. And then I'll have to shave it, and then I'll just have no facial hair. And since I've been shaving my head, then I'll just look weird. Yeah, my uh, my mustache is the part that grows wilder and faster than all the rest of my beard. So I actually have to like trim the mustache quite frequently, but Mm -hmm. if I were just to let it go, I would have a big bushy mustache. That's what (laughs) it does. So maybe one of these days. I love a bushy mustache. Yep. Like a walrus. So bloody disgusting had put up a list of the 10 more horror prequels. We want to see after Ty West's Pearl. And I'm just going to zip through them because I agree with most of these. One is creep which I agree. It would be fun yeah. to have a third one be a prequel. His origin story. Yes. Midsommar, which mm-hmm. would be really fun. Although um, I fucking need Florence Pugh, okay? Because I love yeah. her. Pumpkinhead, duh. We just need a yeah. new Pumpkinhead movie. Yep. It follows. Totally there for it. Totally yep. there for it. But it could be a sequel too. Do you really need a 
prequel that it follows? I mean, I don't know. I th- it yeah, would be maybe. fun to lead right up to the beginning of the, yeah. the first one. Yeah, that, I could, think be, that could be fun. For sure. Hellraiser. Sure. I'm just ready for the new Hellraisers. Yeah. And that's one too, where it's like, <clears throat> like a prequel because yeah. they already, I guess it would be the origin of Pinhead you would want. And they already did that yeah. in three. Yeah. I didn't learn it. And maybe it's said in their description of why, but <laughs> yeah, maybe Oculus, which I would totally be yes, there for. That Love would be Oculus. cool. That Final cool. Destination, which nah, I think we also kind of got that. Yeah. Uh, the Shining, which is happening. The Overlook is that. Yeah, TV that's show right. That's they coming. are doing that. Yep. Yeah. The Descent hmm, can live eh. without. <laughs> yeah. And Sinister, which, yeah, I didn't like Sinister too. Some people did. But I could go back in time with another yeah. Sinister. Never saw Sinister 2, just the first one. Which Some people I... really like it. I did not. I mean, I love the little videos. I think they're always so creepy. Yeah. I liked the first one well enough, oh, yeah. what I remember. And I uh, yeah, that's what I remember leaving the theater thinking is like, I want more of this demon that's in there. Like, yeah. Give us some background. So, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. I don't know. Do we need to? I don't know that we need to talk any spoilery stuff. I feel like we did mostly a good job without getting too spoilery. So oh, yeah, no, I have I have one spoiler okay. I want to talk about. So right. here's the spoiler: the end credit sequence of her <laughs> oh, just holding that agonized expression for what felt like fucking God. minutes. I'm sure it wasn't that long, but it felt like minutes. And I'm like, and it this evolved. Is- it changed. It did yep. different things. It was and. And now that we're in spoilers, the, that scene when she's talking to Misty, Mitzi, whatever the fuck her name yeah, is. The monologue. Misty, oh, my fucking God. Because like it goes back and forth between them. And then you're just on Mia Goth for so long. And it is yes. beautiful. And my God, she just, she's so in it. I just, oh, my God. Incredible. It was amazing like up until that point i was kind of like this is fine but like really that was a turning point for me like this this performance makes me want to be like i gotta print out mia goth fan club t-shirt so like <laughs> it needs i need to be seen in that so people know yeah yeah yes yeah i mean i'm just amazed for a film that i really wasn't looking forward to i didn't go to into it like begrudgingly yeah i just didn't i would i did, couldn't care if this was good or bad but hearing about it last year, I was kind of like, nah. Yeah. But actually, I was more like, uh, more like that. Uh. Yeah. Like going into it, it's kind of like, okay, well, hopefully this will be good. And then I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Okay. This is good. Yeah. I'm yeah. there for it. Yeah. Hell yeah. There. Anything else you want to say? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, out of four hungry alligators, I'm going to give this a four. That's exactly what I'm giving it. <laughs> every time. Every time. Another. Scare of approval. Scare of approval. Yes. We're not happy yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> I am happy about it, though. No, I'm happy it's this movie. but I, I wasn't sure if you were going to like it. Like, as it was happening, I'm like, I mean, it wasn't like when I watched it with my husband and I can just, like, feel that he hates it. Yeah. But I wasn't sure. Yeah, no, I felt, it. I felt confused for a long time or just yeah. like, where is this going? What is this going to be? But it, yeah, it was that monologue turned it all around. I was like, yeah. holy crap. Like, this is this is something. Because here's I know we've, we're, we're just giving our review. But the other thing I thought, like, as you're going through, the interesting thing is knowing that X takes place and they're still on this farm. She and Howard. Yeah. So you know, she's going to be with Howard. You know that she's going to be back on this farm. So does she get away and come back or 
you know, as your mind sort of settles in on like, no, she never leaves. So all these talks about her wanting to go to Europe and get yeah. out and do something with her life. You're kind of like, no. And Let's I don't do remember it. the conversations in X because I know she talks to Maxine about her past a little about bit. Her yeah. past. So I don't remember what's said there, but I this makes me want to watch X again. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. So that's what I thought, too. Oh, man, she never got to leave and she just got crazier. And Howard's there to be like her her keeper to keep yeah. her away from the world. So, yeah. Yeah. So good times. Yeah. Well, please, if you've watched it, let us know what you thought. Scaring and sharing at gmail.com. Instagram, scaring and sharing. It's all scaring and sharing. Okay. You'll, you'll find us. Just type in scaring and sharing. You can find it. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeremy, it was grand as always. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. For your friendship and for being awesome. And yeah, and being my movie buddy. I go to the yeah. movies now the most with you, more than anyone else I yeah, know at this same, point. So same. it's awesome. Yeah, I love it. All right. Well, Keep watching the skies. Oh, you stole it. Uh, <laughs> evil dies tonight. <laughs> That's right. And keep watching and talking about scary movies because scaring is sharing. That's right. Bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.